Welcome to another episode of the official DigiMarkCon podcast. Here's some of the latest top-voted keynotes, panels, and masterclasses from recent DigiMarkCon digital marketing, media, and advertising conferences worldwide. Get ready to gain insight into emerging strategies, the latest trends, and best practices from industry thought leaders and experts to move your business, brand, or agency to the next level. Who in the room has been involved in a web development project? Lots of hands going up. Who in the room has been involved in a web development project using a creative agency or an, or an advertising agency? Yep. And who in the room has been involved in a, web, in a web development project where you've kind of relied on either a developer or you've gone down the DIY kind of, yeah? So all, kind of all of the above. Okay, so roll back the clock maybe sort of 10, 12 years. And um, so I've been in uh, agency land for quite a while, uh, owned uh, agencies and creative studios. And in my time working in, working in and around uh, web development projects, the agency style clients, um, a host of developers, um, and and a host of technical pla uh, technology platforms, um, we we basically had an in uh, an instance where our our um, our agency was growing in terms of headcount uh, because we were having to um, basically cater for a bunch of different technologies, and we were having to hire developers or we were having to contract in. Uh, developers to cater to all of these different technologies and you know so it could be Magento and Shopify and a, a new client would come in uh, and and their requirements meant that we were going to be building in dare I say WordPress or maybe Wix or whatever or maybe the client depending on what the key account manager was uh, uh, was on during lunch um, they might kind of go and sell a um, a, a, a bespoke custom from the ground up build and, and do a Laravel um, do a Laravel build. And so our agency became this kind of you know heaving um, heaving mess of developers that were all you know there was just so much activity um, but we ended up with an amazing level of kind of tech tech fragmentation and bloat okay So, it's kind of like welcome to the jungle. This is what our agency experienced um, in that time. So story of a Cowtown agency with digital chops. These are all the things, all of the challenges that we as a, as a small digital agency um, in, a, in a kind of a metropolitan um, city in New Zealand experienced. Um, and one of, the one, of the, one of the main points here was Hamilton is not Silicon Valley, and developers aren't that thick on the ground, all right? Now, fast forward to today, and we've learned a few things, um, or at least I'd like to think that we've learned a few things, and that's not just true of Hamilton now. In the current market, devs are hard to get hold of, just, you know, just full stop, right? And, um, and good devs don't particularly want to be working on the back end of yet another web 
build project, right? They've got better things, more interesting things that they'd rather spend their, spend their time doing. Um, and so, you know, you go through all these uh, different scenarios, um, who, who's driving the decision about who, you know, what uh, kind of technology are you going to be building in? Um, and you end up with tech fragmentation and lots of it. And it's expensive to keep going. If you're a creative agency, if you're, an, if you're a multi-site marketer, um, I'm not sure how many of your uh, businesses are running more than one website. And if, if you're running more than one website, are you running them, uh, are you running them all in the same technology? Um, we had clients that had basically, they went through the alphabetized list of um, available technologies and they had a site and everything. Right, plus a few custom sites, um, and and so as a as a group of we like to think. So I'm I'm a non-technical founder, right? I'm I'm not the tech guy. I cannot code to save myself. But we hire some amazing young uh, young people who who do. Um, but we decided, or we we sat around and decided that the you know. Surely we can't be the anomaly. Surely we're not the only ones uh, in Adland or in the agency space uh, in, say, New Zealand that's experiencing us. So we did a little bit of a roadshow, uh, found that we were exactly right. There are plenty of agencies that were suffering in this way. Um, so tech fragmentation, I mean, the way you get to tech fragmentation is that everyone who comes through the front door brings a new platform with them. Um, and, and, and the reason they do that is that there's not one single platform that offers everything that you want, all right? That, that, that's why you have so many, um, over, the, over the years, you've had so many sort of build to a specific outcome. Uh, yes, every platform has pros and cons, um, but if, you, if I was to draw a, draw a parallel between the way agencies have ended up either having to specialise in a particular, you know, I'm a, we're a Shopify agency or we're a, we're a uh, Magento shop or, you know, you know pick, pick a brand, it would be like talking to your finance department and they're using basically any kind of, you know, two or three or four different, uh, they're supporting two or three or four different um, technologies to, to uh, balance the books. I mean, it might happen. I kind of doubt that it would still happen, all right? So, market research. Now, for my sins, we ended up having to do market research at Cannes Lions in, um, in France, sort of waist deep in, in the Mediterranean, uh, drinking rosé with, uh, you know, with um, ad people. But it... As exhaustive as it was, um, you know, we, 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 we uh, certainly got around the houses and, and got to talk to a lot of people uh, about their pain points. Um, and these were agencies that are, you know, from holding company agencies to network independent agencies, right down to small to medium, they call them 40 man um, agencies, you know, around about 40 employees. And to a fault, everyone's having the same issues. So we figured maybe we're kind of onto something with our, with our thinking. All right. So agencies 
of all different shapes and sizes are struggling with their with digital platform fragmentation. We can tick that one off. Some of the larger groups, they've gone through a process of, um, in the early 2000s, they were going on a on a shopping spree and buying everything, everything and anything that looked like a digital agency, uh, to basically support whatever their clients were after. And they weren't. They're not just buying a a couple of devs. Some of these dev teams are, are in, you know, count in their hundreds and and more. Um, the default technologies, being Drupal and Wix and Squarespace uh, and all of those, um, they're great for what they've been in, for their intended purpose. But when you put throw them in uh, to an agency model, um, you know, it just creates mayhem, creates absolute kind of chaos. Um, and this has caused a significant tech hangover. Um, and as, as of yet, nobody's solved this. Coinbase has cracked it with crypto. Uh, Shopify has absolutely nailed e-com. Um, GitHub, you know, there are so many instances of, of how this has kind of worked in other industries. Um, but nobody's quite cracked digital uh, for agencies just yet. Um, so we kind of followed the money into, when we were talking to these um, talking to these agency bosses, and you'll get that there's a sort of a central thread with all of these um, characters. They're all kind of old school agency people who, you know, um, they focused on the money. They focused on their clients and focused on the money. Um, so effectively, the concept behind this one is, you know, back in the good old days, it was reasonably simple, reasonably kind of linear. Um, the good old days or the bad old days, um, you know, an agency would take a client brief. This is pre kind of digital. Take a take a client brief. Um, you know, the, the account team get onto it. Creative team start start coming up with some great crazy ideas, and the output would be. Um, you know whether it's whether it's TV commercials, whether it's newspaper ads, whatever the big idea is, and however it's executed. And then we get into the current situation, which is all about digital. Um, and there are just so many different ways agencies are kind of handling this. It's anything from um, internal to external developers, um, maybe external, uh, maybe external. Uh, Vendors like a web, sh a completely different web shop. You'll have consultants getting in there. You've got agency groups that have bought up a whole lot of um, digital, digital uh, shops, and then they also have to go out and, and create an, uh, an offshore kind of production hub. Um, most of them are up in up in Asia, and so there's just so many different ways that they're that they're trying to crack that same nut. All right. And, they've, and as it says down there, agencies can't move to a monolithic model in this connected world, and they can't operate productively at scale without contiguous workflows. Right. So Mary Wells Lawrence, the queen of, of, um, of New York. So the tyranny of the default. This is where agencies get kind of into this inertia. They kind of get their... They get into the straitjacket of um, what they've always done. Uh, they can't help it. It's what they do. It's it's kind of they, they just default to okay. Well, we, because we've got a um, 
because we've got a digital team, that's who we're going to use. And it's just literally sucking them dry. I mean, there are, there are instances where the, um, the dev team the, or the, the large, the huge dev team um, that's creating uh, multiple kind of full stack versions of web apps and all of that sort of thing um, are literally, they're, they're sucking the agency dry. And they're, and they're kind of in this space where they've, um, they're, they're kind of in the space where they've, uh, their own sort of, it's its own self-fulfilling kind of prophecy is that you've got all of these, um, all of these devs, all of these technically competent people that need to be managed, but they're being managed by an ad agency. And it just doesn't kind of work, right? Um, so these are all of the things that we've seen in the time that we um, have gone out researching these, um, researching lots and lots of agencies all around the world. And they need to move away from the idea that website, websites need all of the scaffolding and user-friendly drag-and-drop kind of um, uh, kind of technologies, and kind of basically get into the get into the mode of of building over top of a platform, and that's kind of where we're had, where we're headed. Um, DIY is not enough. This is where we, I kind of touched on uh, DIY solutions um, earlier, asking who's dealt with DIY solutions, and you know. They're easy to build in there, and, and if all you want them to do is what they say on the box at the beginning, that's fine. But what happens? You've got, your business evolves, and you need you, you need your solution to do a few extra things. And all of a sudden, you start having to having to you start pushing up on the edges of um, of what your technology can actually um, can actually deliver. Uh, all right, so they're fantastic for the mass market. Don't get me wrong. I mean, these, uh, you know, the, the likes of Wix and and um, and Squarespace, they're they're fantastic technologies for what they are and for who they're um, directed at. But you pop these into a studio environment or a multi-brand site environment, and you just find that they'll they'll they might survive sort of. 12, 18 months, and then it's, it tends to be, with the, and we've seen a number of projects go this way, it tends to be that you screw them up, you throw them away, and you're starting again anyway. So as much as they might be DIY and they might be a low-cost option to start with, they're quite, they, they cause quite a lot of disruption, not only into the, in the, within the agency, but for the client as well. Um, I think I've covered that, yeah. So... So we agree. We kind of agree as a business. We kind of look at it and say, well, you know, it's great that we've got all of these kind of DIY and all of these different kind of options. A lot of them have been built out for that generalist market. Your small, to medium, small to medium enterprise business, the the florist on the corner who you know they don't have a lot of they don't have a lot of resource, but they've got quite a bit of time and they can take some photos of their, of their product and pop them online. That's brilliant for us. You know, Squarespace is an absolutely brilliant uh, option for them. Um, but then when, you, when that uh, florist decides that they're going to kind of, I, I don't know whether they're gonna franchise or they're gonna 
what they're, they're, they're going to grow somehow you know what is it, what does it take to um, you know integrate things like things like you know shipping modules and all of these sorts of things um, you know some of these technologies just aren't built to grow and I kind of like the, to that end you know there's that analogy that um, you know uh, Ryanair and the and their ilk have, have sort of you know they've normalized uh, They've normalized uh, global flight and, and all that sort of thing, but business class and first class exist, exist for a reason. You know, I mean, there are lots of, lots of technologies out there that are for the, for the every person, you know, the, the, um, the, the small, smaller business. But, um, but to put them into a, into a studio production, uh, high volume, high quality kind of um, outputs, and you really need to be looking for something else. And the size of the problem. So, by our estimations, we look at um, we look at even at its simplest kind of metric. You have um, agencies all around uh, North America, and they're just missing out on business depending on which it doesn't even matter which way they're they're kind of um doing their doing their client work they're either they're either outsourcing and losing a, a ton of margin doing it and scope creep happens and and they end up doing uh web development as a loss leader or they are um doing it in-house incredibly inefficiently um or I mean, there's just a bunch of reasons why um, why Adland is is kind of in North in the North American um, context alone is leaking well over a billion US dollars every single year, um, and some of these businesses are starting to starting to really feel the pinch um, when media when um, you know media commissions are shrinking, uh, margins are shrinking. I mean, there are a few. Eight big agencies out there that are doing famously well, um, but there's a lot in that kind of soft middle of um, of US uh, businesses that are, and not just in the US, um, that are really struggling. So ever wonder what you could make if there were no limits? So this is our kind of play. What from what we've what we've seen around. Um, Around our industry, around our sector, um, we've we've seen that there's chaos in studios. Uh, we've seen that um, there's no kind of one universal platform that you can build absolutely anything in. Um, that you can create whatever you like. You can you can um, literally start with a blank canvas. I mean, so many of these technologies are, are literally. Um, so prescribed and and it's literally it's like developing in a straitjacket um and and um and so we've set about to to rectify that with a with, with our blue tui platform and so um and so the the concept for for blue tui um for anyone who's looking at sort of multi-site um, some kind of a multi-site technology or you've got multiple organizations looking after your um, web properties 
is that we've built a project management um, a project management layer over top of a universal um, coding environment that's completely um, completely supported in the back end with infrastructure and hosting and and um, so essentially it doesn't matter if you're an ad agency or if you're a a, a multi-site marketer you can basically be creating whatever you whatever you need uh, in your own environment and um, and bringing all of your collaborator all of your collaborators in to your environment and the important bit is that you control that project and the next project and the next project because unlike the, the fragmented tech uh, um, reality that is still rampant in, in um, agencies all around um, you know you've the um, I'm sorry the uh, the reality in, within studios all around is that you know you, you've just got so many um, so many different technologies that you're expecting someone in your studio to remember who who worked on it last to remember um, you know which which web company may have done it and hopefully they're still in existence um, and when you want to go and update things it can be absolute mayhem and the, the effort and the um, and the administrative effort uh, and and time and cost that has to go into um, sort of juggling all of these all of these different technologies and all the multiple sites that are in these technologies um, can be addressed by a single universal um, platform that you can literally build anything in and so that's what we're kind of about I guess in short is that is that our agency has been informing this kind this style of build over the last five or six years and now and we've kind of done our research and we're happy to say that we're just about at the point where we're going to release this thing um, which is I know this is probably not what you're expecting it's kind of more of a more of a you know founders story look at what we've done um, but I'm just interested in hearing how how um, how different people's uh, experiences with with web builds how it's kind of happened how well it's you know how well it's gone or otherwise and what were the what were the pitfalls so if I can um, if I can instigate the the cube where's the cube who was holding their hand up earlier about about website bills because I'd love to have a conversation yes no okay well no no is another answer I could do well, well no not necessarily more more just hearing from the floor how it all worked because it could have worked absolutely worked out for you absolutely famously the web build so you get a project into your business mm -hmm. into your into your um, or a client's business or whatever and and you know how does the process go well you're right in the the uh, 12 to 18 months quite often if it's been a cheap build it gets thrown away and you start again yeah yeah um so we're focusing more in the five six grand website builds yes yep um we do use wordpress 
That's all right. <laughs> um, it is a good solution, you know, yep. it's a great solution. We don't host, so we enable the developer to host direct to the client yep. so that there's no clipping of the ticket and they're responsible for looking after the site. Yes. But we also find that solution's not working either because we still lose the client in about the same time frame. Yes. So they become the client becomes essentially a free radical, right? They're, yeah. They're kind of they're not encumbered by anyone now. They've yeah. got they've got their hosting. They they because it's in WordPress, they know someone, some WordPress developer, and they're off. They can just see you later, and yeah. they can take. That's another point actually. They can they can drift off with another creative service as well. You know, so so your agency because you you have an agency, right? Yeah. So your agency. Is then exposing uh, its client base to other, yeah. And there's no stickability. There's no kind of lock-in by using that digital platform as lock-in for your clients. If they buy into our other services because we specialise in content marketing, yes, then it's fine. Yes, it's when they don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, any other? Yes. Hang on, there's a rule in this room and it's to use one of these. Yep. <laughs> um, so, Graham, my, my question's about the product more because I'm not an agency. But yes. um, So you mentioned um, collaboration. So is it um, kind of workflow management, team collaboration, task management? Is it like a monday.com type no, thing on not. the front end? No, okay. No, and, and we did that. We, we looked at that um, through our development and we kind of said someone else has already cracked that nut and not every agency is going to go with the same, uh, you know, is, is going to use Monday and then try Monday for everything else they do. And then, yeah. Uh, so, so what we've built is something that's, that can align to any workflow. Um, but you can, you can basically invite your team and give them, you know, their granular permissions and, and go that way. Right. So, yeah. Okay. I think I understand. Thanks. So essentially, you can bring in your SEO people from wherever, um, from whatever market they could be in the room next door, or they could be half a world away. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say that was really refreshing to hear your guys' approach because the reason we brought so much of our activity in house was because it was a fragmented approach with the agencies we were using. Um, sometimes we were having conversations with people that didn't even understand what we were saying or wanting to do. So, yeah, awesome to hear that you're taking that approach and looking forward to cool. seeing the product. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, All right. Oh, and that was the end of the, of the presentation. <laughs> there you go. I was expecting so much more. I hope, I hope you weren't expecting so much more. So yeah, so it, it's it's kind of like here's a it's almost like a watch this space discuss, uh, sort of presentation because you know we've been beavering away uh, for a number of years um, you know uh, building this out. Um, we've had feedback from um, over a thousand users and within the app, and we're we're kind of only just getting to that commercialization stage. Um, and and as much as we're a, a an incredibly niche, well, I think that we're an incredibly niche um, targeted um, proposition. It's kind of, you know, it, it, it's not kind of niche in this room because you've got a bunch of people who know who spend a, a significant time around thinking about uh, working on 
websites and web apps in their in their different kind of uh, capacity. You know, whether it be SEO um, uh, SEO people or content management people or whomever. Um, you know, the, the the traditional way of, of uh, sort of like passing a website around and and, um, and as an agency or as a business kind of losing contact with that with that digital asset um, is th that's a very real risk. All right. Whereas with a with a platform, um, as I've kind of described, you the, the agency or the multi site brand owner has complete control over the site over multiple sites and and can you know run the workflows as they like and um and you know maintain control over the cost and the and the inputs and um and and all of the permissions uh which which yeah we're um we're mindful of as we've um, you know we've been through the we've been through the uh the, the pain of multi-site tech fragmentation um you know just just having having a, a studio that is just bursting with with developers and and as an agency what you end up doing is you you know you're you're kind of finding the next job to feed the developers rather than finding the next job for a, you know for the creative side of things or the you know or, or, or the general business so, yeah. so Grant, yes so, oh sorry Nico, yes. um, so by putting all of our clients' websites onto this platform, is yes. that then kind of making them proprietary, which means the client can't go anywhere without talking to us? Um, yes and no. I mean, they could they they could literally um, start up. Well, they could go to another Blue Tui agency. All right. But you know, you're effectively they don't know that it's blue. They don't necessarily know that it's blue too. They think it's your, um, they think it's your uh, platform because it's all branded. It's your, it's your ecosystem. It's got so, your brand. So they'll think that they can't go from us. Pretty much. I mean, we're doing it to promote lock-in. You know. Yeah. And we haven't had. You're, you're thinking that will be a real hard sell. So the answer to that is. Um, all you need is a is a developer that knows knows um, that knows uh, HTML and CSS, which is basically anyone who can build a, a WordPress site will build them. Will find this quite luxurious. Yeah, um, yeah. Yes. Sorry. Apparently, the box, the the the, the cube, El Cubo. Is that true? Don't throw it. <laughs> Can I take it? Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. um, I've been on the flip side of that situation where you are with a dev agency that has effectively locked you into a really uncommon CMS. Yes. Um, and that you didn't... I was in a strange position where I took over developing a website that had already had a contract signed for it, so I had no input into what CMS was used. And the relationship with the dev agency broke down. And as a client, it's horrible because you're trapped. Mm. You've sunk thousands and thousands of dollars into a website that still doesn't meet your needs and you can't pick it up and go anywhere because you're trapped into a CMS that almost no one uses. Mm. But it's, okay, so in, in Blue Tui terms, it's not that 
nobody uses that CMS. It's the language, you can use any language on it. So, so basically any, any competent website builder can pick it up and go, okay, cool, let's, let's go. And in terms of actually trans, transitioning, I mean, our intention is that we build an ecosystem of agencies. You know, our, our big audacious goal is that this becomes a gold standard for creative agencies and studios. Um, and, you know, uh, other technologies like um, Adobe Experience Manager are kind of in that space. The huge, you know, huge, huge um, licensing fees to to have an Adobe Experience Manager site, um, like in the kind of like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, and we're kind of taking a kind of lowballing approach to that. We're, we're incredibly competitive, you know, against a against uh, Adobe, um, which which shakes me to my core. But anyway, um, the, I guess the idea is that. Um, you could literally start up a Bluetooth, go online, start up a Bluetooth account, and, and flick the site over, and you own it again. You know, so it is that simple. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. box. But I 100% agree with what she's saying because we want to be, and we have clients who understand So what we understood is, if the moment you start locking people in without adding value, mm. it's frustrating. And when people are frustrated, it only creates more and more problems than actually solving it. If, if Bluetooth as a solution came together and helped some way collaborating, like you said, bringing the SEO people and helping that, I think that's more of value add than having somebody lock into CMS. Because the moment you said Bluetooth, um, I think you're going to spend the first hour explaining to the fund what is Bluetooth, right? Mm. Because it's new, right? If you say it's WordPress, everybody knows WordPress, or if you say not put it on WordPress, which I agree with what you're saying, but mm -hmm. the limitations are all there. Um, and then coming to custom CMS solutions, again, I, I would we, we recommend clients to go custom CMS only if you cannot do it on an existing CMS. Now, I, I agree about the fragmentation. I agree about WordPress having different apps having security issues and so on, but but mostly it works fine. We haven't come across really any problems as such as long as you know how to put your security parameters and you up, you know update your apps and just manage it. What we have seen that sticks with clients is actually being proactive and adding value. For example, a lot of hosting companies that host websites, like you said, you don't even know who hosts your website when mm. it comes to it. But if you're being proactive and you're adding value, you're telling people what you're doing in the back end, updating the website, there's a new WordPress, you know, new whatever update that's coming in. There's a major update. We're, we're upgrading you to the new version exactly. of the CMS. Yeah. yeah. So that, so be offline that, for this long. This is the new functionality you'll get. Yeah. Exactly. So that, I think, adds more value. Nobody likes lock-ins, is what I am seeing. Mm. Um, people love collaboration. And I think if, if if it's geared towards collaborating and if, say, for example, X company is working with a different SEO person versus a different website person, if they can see all of those interactions in one place, I think that's going to add more value. If you're going to sell it on the basis of, look, you're going to be locked in, and if you don't, if you obviously don't tell that up front, it's even more frustrating. You've got heaps of people, I'm working on two projects at the moment, moving from a custom CM CMS to WordPress. A lot of people might say, yeah, why would you do that? It's not us initiating the conversation. It's the customer saying, I cannot change stuff in CMS. 
developer is not available, he's on holiday, I'm waiting yeah. two days, two weeks for a, a link to the actual website. So mm -hmm. those are the real challenges I think business owners and marketing managers are facing of saying, look, I don't want to be a developer, but hey, I want to be able to go into the website and make a few edits. Why, why can't I do that? And those, and those scenarios are real and those customers are, also, are very real. Um, on the flip side, there are, there are website, website clients who want the agency to do it. Or they yeah, want yeah. the... They want you to do the development, but they want to be able to add a few things they want to urgently. Um, yeah, just a bit oh, so, so, I mean, in our context, there's, a, there's an in-page editor. So, I mean, you, yes, they can do some simple updates and all that sort of thing uh, really easily. You can give them the keys. Uh, and they, the, the way we promote uh, development is that you lock, down, you lock down all of your aesthetic so that the design, because a, you know, a lot of the projects we get involved in and that we've said that we've spoken to other creative directors about, they, um, they're talking about, they're talking to... Uh, brands who want their brand, you know, wrapped in cotton wool and don't, you, you don't want a content manager just kind of like drag, thinking he or she can drag and drop something to a different part of the page when they've just spent mega bucks on getting the page kind of looking just right. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. exactly where it comes from. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe saying lock it. You, you would. I'm not saying that you would go and sell our solution based on lock in. Okay, nobody would. No, nobody would go out and say, "Hey, listen, we can lock you into this." Um, what I'm saying is that from a from an agency point of view, it gives you some stickiness with the client when when they are relying on you for the. They're relying on that relationship. That relationship breaks down for whatever reason. Um, the, the the relationship will never break down based on we can't do anything, you know, there's something that we can't do in Blue Tui because we've built it that it is totally a universe. You can you can build anything in it, all right? So that conversation is not going to happen. Um, but, but if you particularly wanted to move this, then go and find yourself a developer and buy a Blue Tui license and flick it across. From one account to the other, and it's literally it'll take you twelve seconds probably. Yeah. Yes. All right. Objection handling one hundred and one. Fantastic. <laughs> How did I do? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And and it's it's a discussion we've had, you know, time and time again. We figure it's a it's a big market. People aren't going to you know you're not going to hit every every uh, ball out of the park kind of thing. Right. Um, Yes, so, I mean, thank you for indulging me and uh, letting me share our, our little, um, little journey so far. Um, interesting to hear how different people's projects have gone. Um, and, and, yeah, we're just getting ready to kind of tango with, with a few network agencies um, around the place. And uh, I just thought I'd let you in on the secret, I suppose. Yeah. So, it's been a long day. Shall we wrap it up? Cool. Okay. I guess we're doing this again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to another episode of the official Digimarcon podcast. 
Digimarcon is the largest digital marketing, media, and advertising conference and exhibition event series in the world, holding in-person and hybrid events in over 40 cities annually across 22 countries, as well as virtual events and an international cruise. Learn more about upcoming Digimarcon events near you at digimarcon.com slash events. Thanks again for listening to the official Digimarcon podcast.